Welcome to Blood and Firewater. I'm your host, Rashad. This is a, a shit, Liberty Liberty. Welcome to Blood and Firewater. I'm your host, Rashad Jones. True crime. Mm. This is Blood and Firewater, a true crime comedy discussion type podcast. We shoot tequila and chase it with a case of murder. Just as a disclaimer, this podcast contains mature content not suitable for all ages. So listener discretion is advised. If you haven't already, please follow us on Instagram, Blood and Firewater Podcast, Twitter at BFW Pod Squad. And if you would like to check out our new store that we just opened, the website is BFW Crime Store. It just opened, so I don't have a lot of merchandise in it yet. I'm moving a lot of stuff from the BFW store on Etsy over to that store. So there's going to be some things that are still going to be available on Etsy that is not on the website. But give me, give me some time. Also, if you did not read the description of the title of this episode, this is a recap. Not a recap. I guess an update. It's more of an update to the episode we just recently put out about Caitlin Armstrong. If you haven't listened to that episode, I will do some recap of the previous episode because some stuff is, some, some things are starting to develop here. Like the picture is starting to get a little bit more clear and we're, we're definitely getting more of a, uh, a hide your sister vibe from this case. Let me, let me, let me unpack this for you. The search continues for Caitlin Marie Armstrong, and she's been missing for like a month. The only footage of this person who has successfully evaded the U.S. Marshals of all people, but somehow still hiding from COVID, was from the New York LaGuardia Airport leaving the terminal into New York. She arrived there from Austin, Texas on May 14th. Since May 14th, Texas has still successfully been on fire. I don't know how many cases I've seen about Texas. Like, I, I just, I, I know it's big, but like everything can't be happening in Texas right now. I mean, but there's a lot. Of course, we have the forever evolving shooting where a suspect went into a school for approximately 88 minutes and proceeded to take the lives of 22 children and teachers on May 24th. From that spawned the story of the parent who ran in to get her child out, regardless of police not wanting her to go in there. But they went in there and they got their kids because that's fine. What set the news on fire was how the cops sat outside and wouldn't allow the parents to go in, but they also weren't going in. I will save that story for when I can actually really get a grip around what's going on what I've been hearing, what's been heard, what has been said now, so on and so forth. But I will leave you on that topic with, I've heard there were crisis actors involved. It's it's the same Sandy Hook thing. I believe they were saying that crisis actors were involved in the Buffalo shooting as well. I I don't know what to think about that. I will definitely try and unpack that at a later time. But then we hear about and before all of this even just transpired, a Texas correctional facility, I'm not sure where, I didn't get a good grip on where this was, but an escapee, an escaper, let's go with escapist. A Texas correctional facility inmate escaped from a Texas correctional facility transport vehicle and went on to murder a family of five before being killed himself by police. 
A Texas grandfather and his four grandchildren were killed by gunshot and sharp force injuries and stab wounds. Convicted murderer Gonzalo Lopez escaped from a prison transport bus last month and is accused of killing Mark Collins, 66, and his four grandchildren who ranged in the ages between 11 and 18, authorities said. Again, this is one of those cases where we don't have a lot of information yet. It's about a month old. We're going to give it some time to fill itself out. That way we can deliver a more precise shit. Let's get off of Texas right now. I know there's a lot going on. I, I would hate to piss off like the biggest state. Let's get back to Caitlin, who is definitely, maybe, possibly not in Texas anymore. As far as we know, she was last seen in Newark, New Jersey at an airport leaving again. There is a, there is a, uh, an investigation on maybe she did that on purpose to throw off the scent. So maybe she went to the airport in New Jersey and then went back to New York. If you haven't heard part one of this episode, we go into her background. She was a real estate agent. She was a yoga teacher. She was an amateur bicyclist. I'm sure she crocheted on the weekend, probably had a fucking cricket, but she was also involved in a love triangle. I'm not sure if you even want to describe it as a love triangle at this point. I don't think they will release any more new evidence that ties our victim to actually committing any type of felonious activity with the boyfriend, Colin Strickland. Now, Colin Strickland did perform some felonious fucking infidel-like activity, basically putting him in the doghouse in every conversation that is being had about this case. He took Wilson to Deep Eddie Pool, and they went swimming, and then he told his girlfriend, Caitlin Armstrong, that he went out to deliver some flowers to somebody. Me personally? I would think in the case of a body turning up and you lie to your girlfriend, who we all think has the most probable cause to kill a person, we need to keep up with where you are. And at this point in time, Colin Wilson is in hiding. Quote, unquote, hiding. He's a bicyclist. He can just ride around looking for Caitlin. He knows all the hot spots. Let the resolution of this case be that he finds her in Texas. That would be the biggest flop of a, an investigation I've ever seen. The police have, doing, have been doing somewhat of a great job. I mean, they're looking for this one person, but I'm sure they're looking for uh, hundreds of people. But back to the point of keeping up where Colin is, I think that's a good idea. You know, it just, it just makes a little sense. They allow this man to go into quote-unquote hiding and they can't find the person that they're looking for. It makes me think that maybe Colin had more to do with this than, you know, previously discussed in part one. Because maybe she was about to expose him, her being Mariah Wilson, in something in his cyclist crazy world. And it would potentially end his career. I don't know about bicycling or bicyclists or anything like that, but I can tell you after the month of research I've done about this case, they go hard. Wherever they go, they're wearing bicycle stuff, and they probably have a bicycle with them, and they can change any kind of tire. Doesn't matter. They have the endurance of a small baby dolphin. I don't, I, I, can't, I can't compare to that. So boom, the little pool play date goes through. He drops his mistress off back at the house. Two minutes later, Caitlin's there, gunshots, she's gone. Strickland has been 100% cooperative, but then goes into hiding, which is, I don't feel very 100% cooperative. I don't, who is he hiding from? 
the police go through his phone. They don't see anything sketchy. And then maybe they go through uh, maybe his other information, like, you know, applications, social media, stuff like that. Don't see him doing anything but riding a bike. But I'm, I'm curious as to maybe if they do a more forensic investigation into his phone, like a, like a phone forensic guy comes in and he's like, let me see that thing. And he finds something that he thought he maybe deleted. I'm still not going to rule out that the possibility of this five foot eight gargantuan ginger for being the person that she had probably always been to be, you know, have the capability of committing murder and then be on the run for a month. Like that is that is rare. Maybe she's done this before. Maybe that's why she's so good at hiding. Obviously, at this point, I don't think she actually even looks like the picture that they're that they're putting in the news right now. Definitely changed her hair color by now. Contacts, you can buy those at the gas station. You throw on a pair of yoga pants and uh, you're not even looking at her face no more. Well, maybe you got to check out check out the face a little bit. But still, it's easy to disguise yourself nowadays. Then, I don't know, maybe in the 70s when they only had like four or five different toupees. So every time you saw a toupee, it was either the, the Richard or the, the gentleman or the hibachi boy or whatever kind of wig that you're looking for. It was always those. But now you can get augmented reality hair like you can have you don't even have to go outside anymore. Who Like I, you don't really even have to hide. First off, you're in the biggest met- metropolitan area in the country you're basically going to blend in with the crowd. Nobody is looking up anymore. Everybody's looking down at their phones or at yoga pants. So not to mention that she was a real estate agent. So maybe she had a hideaway little spot. Um, Don't worry, I'm going to come back to that in a second. Maybe she had a spot already in New York. And, you know, I don't know. It's, It's quite possible being a real estate agent. and then. You add in the fact that she had very uh, holistic hobbies and also was a, a yoga teacher and probably vegan and was used to hiking and was an amateur cyclist. She doesn't even need a car. I said this before. Like She probably has a bike on her and she blends in with the rest of the fucking cyclists. So like she only goes like like... I guarantee you, if you just go out in the middle of a, a hiking trail, you might catch the bitch faster than looking for her in the middle of New York. Like, she's a, she's a fucking yoga teacher, bro. She could probably live outside. She could probably live off just stretching good. I don't even stretch. I just suck at everything. What she does have is a very generic white woman face, but also features if she hadn't changed her appearance that would completely stand out. Flaming, flaming red hair. I'm, I'm talking bagpipe playing, Guinness drinking, red hair. Picture the girl from Brave, if you, if you don't bother to look it up. Picture Brave, but give her a 37-year-old white woman's face. She's 5'8", which makes her pretty tall. The average being 5'4 for a female. And 125 pounds, well below the average of an American female being at 170. She should stand out like a Dr. Seuss character. Even if she changed her identity, just like maybe mention the fact that her name isn't 
Caitlyn anymore, but she changed it to Christine because that's being introduced into the case now. Her sister, Christine Armstrong, she lives in upstate New York. Caitlyn just went to New York. Christine has, is like a, a long-term camper kind of person. Like She's very homeless. So she lives on this campground. And maybe, you know, you, if my sister lived outside, like I'm going to go live with her. She's probably good at it because she's been doing it for like 20 years. She was devoted to doing it. So she may have supplies for this cyclist to come and get on the way to, I don't know, Canada at this point. Because if my sister, who resembles me, gets a passport for me, I can get into Canada. I'm, I'm pretty sure if I was a betting man at this point, she's, she's probably just not going outside. It's, it's, that, it's that easy. I would avoid going outside anyway. So, like, she's wanted by a lot, like, a state, a couple, like, the United States, the whole thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I would just avoid the sun and then, you know, go on about my life. Because, again, she's, she's more than likely still in New York, hiding out in an apartment or staying undercover inside of apartments. You really don't have to go outside no more. She'll just have to get, she'll have to obtain some type of identification if she's going to try and leave the country. She's going to need money or fruit and berries to survive. She needs to also avoid cameras. And everybody, I got one, I got one in my hand right now. That's the gist of it right now. That, that's where we are. She was, Armstrong was last seen in Newark Liberty International Airport on May 18th. That airport is two and a half hours away from her sister's campground, where she had more than likely met her after she got there from Texas four days prior. Might I add that the sister had a, a, applied for a New York State driver's license on the 17th, according to a Jason Jensen, a private investigator who has been following the case. The address she used leads to a campground in Livingston Manor, New York, where Caitlin Armstrong was spotted by a tip and you know like the the tip seems valid her sister lives there the airport's two hours away coincidence maybe the sister has not spoken to police there's your there there's the red flags those are all the red flags you need right there the boyfriend went into quote-unquote hiding the sister's not talking you can't find her which means more often than not, like the, the, I think the rule of thumb is when you lose somebody is you go back to the last place you saw them at. If that's my philosophy, then I would have made a move like that, maybe stayed a day in New York, and then flew right back to Texas and hide in a Pueblo somewhere. Give me a, a, a bike and a yoga mat and some kale. I'd be all right. The marshals are still offering $5,000 for information that leads to her arrest. Tipsters should submit details to 1-800-336-0102 or use the USMS Tips app. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to follow us on our socials, Blood and Fire Water Podcast on Instagram, BFW Pod Squad on Twitter, and be sure to check out our website, bfwcrimestore.com. That's where all we're moving our merchandise from Etsy 
to there so be sure to just you know even even if you just take a glance there's not much to look at right now but i'm working on it thank you all so much for listening and have a great rest of your day